You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum with your host, Justin. Say hi, Justin. Hi, Justin. And Ricky. And today we're coming to you all about expansions. Expansion? I'm expanding rapidly. Yeah, I don't think that's the expansion we're talking about today, but that's that's quite all right. So yeah, talking about expansions, also talking a little bit what's coming up soon, some of the other things that we have planned. So good good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Good, mm-hmm. good quality stuff. As always, we will start our roll recap. Would you like to begin? Of course, um, because you know exactly where I'm going to go with this. Harry what have Potter. I done? Yeah, Harry Potter. Harry Potter, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. Uh, can't get away from it, not complaining, it's a great game. But we did, me and you both kind of went on a little bit of a kick with Barnes & Nobel with some of their summer clearance. Uh, I picked up quite a few games. Also, my girlfriend's birthday was this past week and I picked her up some cooperative board games hopefully to get her not necessarily away from Harry Potter but to keep her going into the hobby any quality games in there oh definitely uh Forbidden Island I did not fully read Ticket to Ride I've never owned it myself so I picked one up and it turns out it's exactly what we're talking about an expansion not the full thing so well, it's kind of like giving her a gift without the batteries. Uh, we're. I have a story about that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, not about giving your girlfriend a gift about without batteries, but. Yeah. A, an expansion <laughs> gift. More than that, I. How's finally. The, hmm? How's I, that Legion? You know, I keep buying more, but I don't get any further painting, like percentage-wise. I did finally pick up Leia and the Fleet Trooper expansions because. We love Fantasy Flight, but their print schedule is all kinds of goofy. So they've been out for quite a while, and they've been sold out for quite a while. So I finally, our friendly local gaming store, finally got them back in stock. I finally got my own copies. And they've just been thrown on top of the pile of stuff that still needs to be primed and painted. Which, if you wish to see this pile of stuff, you can find that on our Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're on the verge of an intervention. Uh, definitely check us out the Instagram at Tabletop Arcanum. You can definitely see how far I've gone. It's pretty far. It's yeah. pretty. It's yeah. Yeah. So uh, intervention intimate. <laughs> so what have you been up to? Since we last talked, um, what I had played is uh, was LCG night. Played a little bit of uh, Legend of the Five Rings. Uh, also played a, a game of War Chest by AEG, um, which uh, we talked about a little bit. Had a lot of fun with that one. Um, and then at the Friday night board game night, um, played a couple different games. We played uh, Sagrada. Uh, we played Hail Hydra again because there was a lot of people who wanted to uh, Hail Hydra, or not so much Hail Hydra. Spoiler, Hydra won again. I have yet to see Shield win that game. Uh, And then we closed out the night with a Dead of Winter Crossroads game because someone had not played uh, Dead of Winter before. So it was a nice, um, I was feeling spooky 
since it was October, so I wanted to, to keep up with the, the spooky theme there. Fair enough. Um, we play had the L5R tournament, so Legend of the Five Rings tournament, for um, October at the local store. Uh, I did not win a single match, as usual, but did have a lot of fun with that. And unfortunately, I may have cracked open Pandemic Season 2. Uh, I caught the bug in Season 1, and now that, uh, yeah, I just couldn't stop myself. Started Season 2, we got through the prelude because the game plays a lot differently than a standard Pandemic game now. Um, it has some similar elements, but it's definitely a different beast. If you want to play Season 1 first, go for it. It doesn't require you to. But if you're looking for this traditional pandemic experience, you're not going to find it in Season 2. Uh, so we played the Prelude to kind of get our used to the new mechanics. And then we played January, which was uh, a nail-biter. Then that Tuesday, we held our Le- uh, Labyrinth of Lunacy special event for Arkham Horror. Uh, that was fantastic because we had eight players playing Arkham Horror all at once at the same time, trying to cooperatively work together to defeat the evil bad guy who trapped us in this weird interdimensional prison. Yay. Huh. Um, As one does. So the basis of it is the the group is split into three different subgroups. So essentially you can fit up to 12 players because you can fit four players per table. Uh, So we did a group of three, group of three, group of two. As evenly spread as we could be with eight players over three. Not bad. Uh, Act one went fairly well. Uh, Our second group lost one player. Uh, due to an event in Act 1. Act 2, my group, uh, uh, Group A, uh, was completely wiped out, and we did not make it to the end. That did not stop the game necessarily. The benefit is Group uh, B and C were able to finish it in Act 3 without Group A having to be there. So I lost, but we won, if that makes sense. Delayed the inevitable. Delayed the inevitable, and um, and then uh, the the another board game night came by. We played uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill again. I was in that spooky mood because all that's all I want to play right now is like these these horror, not necessarily like horror movie games, but definitely like it's zombies, it's vampires, it's it's ghosts, it's a spooky house. Like I don't know, I just want to get in the mood. It's, mm. it's one of my favorite. It's October. Se- we're it's, we're ready for it. It's my favorite season. For many reasons, and uh, also got to learn the Bloodborne card game. Interesting. I liked the mechanics, but the theme really didn't. It didn't feel Bloodborne. It didn't feel like. It felt like a solid game with just a skin on it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy the mechanics, but it was just it was just kind of a thing. Imagine trying to play a legitimate game that, like, card game that feels like Bloodborne is you just have a card out and you have people sitting on the other side of the table throwing decks at you until you finally have enough. So. Yeah, it worked a little bit different than that, but, you know, in, in, in the essence, yeah, it was, it definitely tried to emulate some of that, but it missed out a little bit. Now, on the alternative gaming methods, a non-board game board game called Super Mario Party for the Switch. That was a lot of fun. I like the new ch- changes. It did bring back some of the board game-esque mechanics where you're rolling a die, moving around the board, going to spaces, collecting stars, trying to win. Um, it maintains most of the random elements of you're going to get screwed over by the dice. 
random chance is going to say, hey, guess what? You're winning. Nope. No, you're not. Uh, because reasons. Mm-hmm. They did offer a... So it, it the old Mario parties had this old roll and move. Like, you got one to six bases. Good job. That's all you got mm-hmm. every turn. Um, they introduced items that give you a little bit extra movement later on in the franchise. But this time, what they added was alternate dice. So each character has a different special die. Like Mario, is they're all six-sided dice, but Mario's die faces are one, three, 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 five, six. Mm. So 50% of his die is a three. So most of the time, he's going to go three spaces. But you, you eliminate a little bit of that randomness. Um, you can get allies, which will give you their access to their dice. So you can have, like, Peach or Rosalina or someone else like, mm. join you, per se. And then you get to roll your character's die or their character's die or standard six-sided die. So I like it a little bit better for that aspect because that gives you a little bit more control of, like, you know what? I really don't want to go very far. So let me roll a die that doesn't give me the higher numbers. Or otherwise, maybe I need to get get going opposite mm. effect applies then and then we played a lot of jack uh jackbox murder trivia party i'm about to pick that up on the on the switch it's it's a lot of fun murder trivia party murder trivia party is probably my favorite until this week when they release jackbox 5 and they bring eight player you don't know jack into the fold that's it, gonna be great yeah it's the only reason why i don't play you don't know jack right now because every time it's always like a group of like six to eight people Mm-hmm. That want to play, and that one only the original. You don't know Jack and Jackbox one only supported up to four players. So I'm really excited to see that. Definitely, we'll be playing mm. a lot of Jackbox five this this uh, this season. And that is my roll recap. We're gonna hit up uh, Kickstarter corner next. Uh, new arrivals. I know you got a bunch of fun stuff in the mail. I did. I finally, after all this time. Got my uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse final shipment with the uh, uh, big collector's box to shove it all in. The pretty box, yeah. It, it's kind of big and unwieldy, but it holds everything, so I'm kind of happy for that. And because of that, I kind of purged my old boxes. Uh, one of the board game groups I'm part of, there was actually a guy who had posted um, a month and a half ago, because he's, he's out in um, the Carolinas, about how his games were safe from the hurricane, but in the picture he had his Sentinels collection in an open box and had made comment that he didn't have the lid because he took it camping once and left the lid on the car and, the, well, that went away. Oh. And I reached out to him because I knew I was going to get rid of my boxes eventually. I'm like, mm. so, uh, one new box? Because I'm going to not need mine very soon. As soon as I get the, the shipment... I can send you my box, so I was able to do that and do that nice nice guy thing there. Good. Um, and then the other Kickstarter that showed up was The Reckoners, which was based off the Brandon Sanderson novel series called The Reckoners. Uh, co-op, kind of a dice chucker plotting game. Has a solo variant and fits up to six players, So I'm, uh, which I'm really excited to get to the table. Themes seemed to be pretty interesting. There was a lot of promos, a lot of interesting things that kind of went with it. Seemed like a game that was up my alley, considering it was co-op. That was the new things on Kickstarter that showed up. However, so while Justin received those, I recently decided to jump in and start kickstarting things again. I'm always worried about... I'm on... Probation. Yeah. 
I'd say probation. I'm on probation. I'm not allowed to start Kickstarter, uh, backing all kinds of Kickstarters. Mostly because I don't want to start throwing money at all these things. And I have the fear of missing out, yet at the same time, I fear not so great quality. I fear not so great quality games. So I'm always on the fence about a lot of things. I did see one that I figured it would be something that me and my girlfriend would be able to play and enjoy, um, and that was Microbrew. It's a game in a tin, tiny game. Threw down on that. Hopefully I'll be seeing that within the next few months and me and her can crack that open. I know you, did you back or did you just see that a few things started up? I haven't personally jumped in, but I actually wanted to bring up that um, there was a steampunk Lovecraft game that just launched called The Wardens by Raven Tales. Uh, One to four player uh, miniature based game. Looks very interesting. Um, and is doing pretty well from what I see, and still has plenty of time left uh, if you want to jump in later. So definitely something I I think looks interesting that uh, I may be jumping in, I may not be. Level 7 uh, Omega Protocol, the second edition of it, is actually just launched on Kickstarter 2. Um, that only has a couple, like um, from the time of our recording, about two weeks left of it right now. So jump on that if it's interesting for you. And that's kind of where I'm sitting at as far as um, the Kickstarters I'm watching. I'm trying to be very cautious on my Kickstarters right now because I... Am also on probation? I go through spurts where I'll back a bunch of things at once and then I'll realize what I've done and then I'll pretend that Kickstarter doesn't exist. And a bunch of packages show up in the mail and I'm really excited so I go back to Kickstarter and the cycle repeats itself a few times like that. See, the problem is we need to give you an intervention, but we just have to time it just right so we can hit that sweet spot before, or after you receive the items, but before you start ordering more, right. we're on to you, Justin. We're, we're just working on getting the timing right. It's a very particular kind of timing, because uh, my Cthulhu Wars is starting to arrive in port soon, so it's going to be like a, a tentacle-based Christmas. Yeah, let's go with that. Sounds hot. Or sounds erotic. Hot erotic. 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 So that's the Kickstarter corner. Uh, in other recent news, uh, Werewolf Legacies hit the stores, and I am definitely going to be running uh, some Werewolf Legacy in the near future when I can. Because I'm apparently addicted to Legacy games right now. But that's okay. Yeah. I can stop anytime I want. No, you can't. We've gone too far, Justin. It's true. I guess that's uh, going too far and not stopping is a great segue to expansions. Expansions. So game expansions on the level are you have your game that came out and now you've played it and the developers made something to either add into it And that can be a bunch of different options. Sometimes we're talking that they're adding a extra player or two players to the original player count. Uh, Sometimes it's a new board or new piece to your game. So there's a lot of different types of expansions out there. For the most part, they're adding some sort of new mechanic or new gameplay feature to an already existing game to give you the higher replay value to it. So my prompt to you... Mm -hmm. on this thought is 
expansions, what do they add to a game? What sort of things are you looking for in an expansion that... Definitely I enjoy when expansions add um, that extra replayability. So I've played a game, I've played it to death, and now I can get an expansion for it and play it some more because it's it's fresh, it's new, it's the same thing that I know and love, but with an extra oomph to it. Okay. So usually a new gameplay mechanic. Um, it could be even along the higher lines Higher player of, counts. Mm-hmm. There are certain games where I feel the higher player counts works. There are other games where I'm a little on the fence about whether or not it works. Um, we'll talk about that in, yeah. in a little bit when we talk about our favorites and uh, least favorites. So the other question then is, what do they take away? When you get an expansion, it's not always a good experience. What what can be taken away when something gets expanded or added on to? I'd say for me, as we can plainly see from all the expansions I'm receiving right now or purchasing right now, I'm not even jumping into the game. I just keep getting more and more expansions for something like Legion, where... I could have my corset done, painted, everything ready to go, but I keep adding to it because I have that fear of missing out. That I'm going to fear the mechanics of the larger picture versus just what's in the main picture. Okay, so that that's your more tabletop miniature where you just want to make sure you keep collecting those different squads oh. and units, right? Well, fair enough, but at the same time, we start looking at things like just trying to jump into Boss Monster with five players instead right. of trying to get down with the four players. And you're you're trying to get to endgame, essentially, without jumping into it first. There are plenty of games that the expansions add quite a bit to it, but that extra piece at the end really should be reserved until... You've played it a bunch, you've enjoyed it, now you want to add a little something extra to it. Right, and I can actually kind of speak a little bit to that in a couple ways. So, I have a couple favorite games that kind of keep adding things onto them, like the Legendary, the Marvel Legendary series. They have, I think, about four expansions a year. Mm -hmm. And they're not huge, but unless you're consistently hitting that game to the table... You're going to have this expansion that you may play once or may play twice between... the Oh, the next one already came out. The next one came out. Mm-hmm. So you can actually fall behind if that's if you're not worried about that. Now, of course, you can always take a look at the, on the other side of the fence of... Okay, so they came out with a Deadpool pack. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love Deadpool. That's the one I want. That's the pack for me. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get them all because the game just kind of just adds new characters and new 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 elements. It's a deck. It's a deck building game. Very easy to pick one expansion over another there's really no priority there so the other the other and i guess it's another card based one that i'm thinking of as an example is the lcgs they're very tough to get into if you don't get on the ground floor this is where i'm i want to get into arkham horror the living card game right. but it's one of those where it's been out for so long two years yeah two years and it's kind of intimidating walking up to it seeing there's all of this out and if you want to jump into it yeah arkham right now in two years has two full cycles of cards which is one deluxe box set plus six uh, mythos packs after it already out and the third cycle is about to close in one month here and the other problem is for people like us we're completionists right we want to have everything 
The good news about that, though, is one pack of everything does get you done, and you don't have to worry about the 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 um, RNGesus to. That is true, and that's uh, of a CCG idea there. That's also, I mean, my issue with Star Wars Legion is the fact that I want to have everything, and that's holding me behind. If I get into right Arkham uh, Arkham Horror. It's going to be me buying as much as I can, so at least I have everything for when I get to that situation where I need it. But I'm on the cusp of getting deeper into uh, a Game of Thrones, second edition, mm-hmm. which has a lot of different cycles out for it already. I think they're on their seventh cycle, mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I might be. But the problem with a, a, a competitive LCG in that sense is you might need to go back and get that pack or this pack for that one card that's mm. still relative, but the rest of the pack may have, uh, the metagame and the competitive environment mm. may have already bypassed and there's already been answers and re-answers for those cards that have come in, those older packs. But there's still that one card that is still valid and unique and, and very strong for deck building. And then don't they also... And that makes it rough. They also have packs that go out of print. They go out of print pretty frequently because it is a Fantasy Flight product, so they'll kind of like bring them in, bring them out. They don't necessarily ever stop printing them, but you just like your Leia, where you, there's a several several months worth of dry spell before you can mm-hmm. get to it, um, which makes it tough. And as a competitive game, that makes it extra tough. Whereas the ones of Arkham Horror and, and Lord of the Rings, you can skip a cycle, and it's not the end of the world. I, you know, you can always come back to it later for that mm-hmm. story, that arc. You might be missing out some player cards that you really like, but it's not it's not the end-all, be-all of the game. You can work around that a little bit easier than you can on a competitive game. So that's, uh, I'm going to say, kind of a, a touch-up, touch-away of what's good, what's bad about expansions. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel about promo, uh, promo cards or promotional material? I kind of wanted to toss this in in the expansion thought, because sometimes they'll add, like, a new character or a feature or something like that so uh, thoughts I mean, on promos you've seen me in action with my thought on promos where i go huh this i don't really care about it i don't care about promos at all until i'm on ebay and i see a promo for star wars insert this game and i'm here. like oh wow 30 dollars isn't that bad is it it's that bad and i shouldn't do that but on the flip side things like um Harry Potter, um, the promos that we received, the I want to say five or six cards they have. Right. Um, there's one of those cards that they have um, that's a promo that is probably one of my favorite cards. Which um, one? Sunshine Daisy Butter Mellow Turn This Stupid Fat Rat Yellow. I like it. You, nice. I know it's it's a great it's a great uh, callback. It's also I mean you lose one heart in the game but you draw two cards and when I play that game. I'm looking to mill that deck as fast as possible so that that card's not normally available. We got it when we saw uh, USopoly, was that? Yep. USopoly uh, at Gen Con, and I picked up one of each card when I picked up the game just to make sure that I had those in there. Right. The, they add a little bit, but would I still love the game if it wasn't in there? Yes. Right. And that's where I'm a little mixed on promotional cards. Mm. Alt arts, I'm usually a big fan of. Like, it's a card that already exists. You can get it normally, but then it has a new art or extended art. 
those I have no problem with, and I've never really felt, other than that s slight completionist side of me, like, ooh, I want all the alternates because they look cooler. It's an art that I prefer over the original. Mm -hmm. There is one in Arkham Horror, uh, Unexpected Courage, which is, I was not a fan of the art, and I will... As it's a full it's a full size card art. I just don't like what's on it. So mm -hmm. it you you win some, you win you lose some on those. Mechanically, they don't do anything different. Um, some of the mechanical ones I kind of miss um, a little bit, and, and I'm a little upset when they aren't available for most people. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you had to get it from this tournament, and it's not available elsewhere. One of my favorite games, Scythe. They do, uh, Stonemeyer does a really good job with their promotions where they'll have promo cards for this thing or that thing or this Kickstarter or that Kickstarter for different items. Mm -hmm. And they make them available for purchase after the fact. So the promotion is you can get it with this, with this package or deal or something. You get it day one. You get it early. You get it first. But I know if I don't get it that way, mm -hmm. it'll become part of a pack later to at least catch up and not necessarily have that missing out feature. I think exclusiveness is what really drives me bonkers when it comes to the promos. I can I can see that. I can definitely at least, agree with that. At least make it accessible to everybody. You know, maybe I went to that tournament so I get it for free as part of my like participation prize or something of that nature. But have it in such a way where pe other people can have at least a chance at it without having to go through eBay scalpers mm -hmm. and pay, you know, $30 for this one alt art card because, well, you went to Gen Con and I didn't. Yeah. And then we also turn into exactly that. I mean, we were trying to see if we can get um, the promo for Boss Monster for their new uh, expansion. And we kept showing up early in the day and they were just out because people would just run up and grab them. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they had the game, whether or not they were intending on turning around and selling them. And right now you can jump on eBay and you can find hundreds. So it, it does kind of make it difficult if you actually enjoy the game to be able to receive that card without having to go through that third party. Pay another person money just because they're willing to run up and snag the card right away. Right. The only other promotion that I, that I think sticks in my, in, in my craw and leaves a bad taste in my mouth, is usually a Kickstarter exclusive that mecha fundamentally mechanically changes the gameplay. Simon mm. has a couple of those where the Fox Clan for Rising Sun was a Kickstarter exclusive clan, where only if you backed it, you got that clan, which has a unique power and unique ability and a unique gameplay style, and there's no way to get that otherwise. Um, some of the monsters from Blood Rage were the same way. The game is great without those features, but I feel like those were something that probably should have been an add-on mm -hmm. later and not necessarily ex an exclusive. Give me an alternative sculpt or give me like what Rising Sun does have on some of the other things, game upgrades, mm -hmm. where instead of plastic coins, they get, got you metal coins. Instead of cardboard chits, you actually got 3D printed structures mm. or, th or 3d structures instead of cardboard yeah and that, that's I, understandable. I don't i don't like the exclusive bits being something that can fundamentally change the gameplay mm -hmm. that's just my two cents on it other than that um like i said promos alt arts those things i enjoy mm. and and think they add a little bit of fun and value and collectible to something that may not be originally collectible we'll turn it into kind of a 
what's your favorite expansion that you have seen or played mm. and what's your least favorite um i'll give you the option you know you can name a couple favorites and a couple you know misses just give me give us some reasons of what you like what you don't like i did like uh you have a firefly uh firefly board game where they added i want to say was it two boards on each side yep they and ex- mm-hmm. yeah they expanded the verse on two sides of the board and that was a lot of fun because it, it was exactly what we were doing before but now it's more of a race to get to the edges get back in and added a lot more to the game itself it did expand the length of the game considerably yeah yeah lcg games that mean you have played both lord of the rings and arkham knights those kinds of expansions, I do like the fact that you can get them one by one in addition to everything. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I have. Because I know one that I'm not a real big fan of, so I'm, I'm more thinking about that one right now. Okay, what's that one then? Uh, well, okay, yeah. So for one I'm not a big fan of, I would unfortunately have to say Boss Monster. I got the five to six player expansion. And the problem is there's just already so much going on that when you add that expansion, it really doesn't feel like it's fully fleshed out. Okay. So you add extra heroes in, you add the two extra monsters, you add a few extra room cards. But it kind of feels like it wasn't fully integrated. You can definitely tell that it was an add-on and it wasn't initially meant to be in there. Okay, so they kind of like forced a fifth, sixth player slot yeah. into a game that probably didn't need it. Yeah, because... Other, other than needing to play with higher player counts. Yeah, they added a new type and I think it was like uh, um, space or yeah. technology or something like that. And whereas, like, everything else kind of flowed together, you kind of saw the cards that had multiple um, icons on it to draw different heroes. It didn't feel like that was really the case with that. It kind of felt it was there. Unless you had the specific things for when the heroes came out, you really didn't see it. Um, i rather play that game as a four-player game instead of a six-player game. Gotcha. So, you, uh, for your um, favorite and least favorite? I've, I've, got, a couple, I've got a couple favorites. Uh, one of them is uh, the Lords of Waterdeep expansion, Scoundrels of Skullport. Mm. It's one of my favorites. It took a relatively simple um, an entry-level gateway-style worker placement game and brought it a little bit to a, like the next level complexity without actually bogging it down. It did add an extra player, which is nice because that game was kind of like the cusp of the right number of players, and then the extra player doesn't really take away or add any extra time to the game, which is which is beneficial. Uh, we'll talk about the reverse of that in a moment. And one of the things that's interesting is they added modular expansions. So you don't have to use... There's like two sub-expansions as part of it. And you can use one or the other or both as you wish. So you can kind of customize... Oh, I like this feature. I don't like that feature. Hmm. Use the one you like. Don't use the one you don't like. So it was very easy to drop in, drop out. 
con to that expansion is the base Lords of Waterdeep has a really nice uh, plastic molded insert that holds everything in, in the game in a nice place and has absolutely zero room for the expansion. Oh, fine. Yeah. So, yay, but there was a slight take back. Um, Gameplay-wise, I still enjoy it. The other expansion that I really enjoy is kind of a silly one. It's the Ticket to Ride 1910 expansion. It is literally just pure cards. Gives you different routes and things like that. The thing I really enjoy about it is it swaps out the small mini cards for your routes in the original game to full-size standard cards. I can dig that, yeah. It's a small quality of life upgrade and totally worth the money for that. Mm -hmm. Other expansions I've kind of enjoyed along the time is usually the Mansions of Madness expansions. I've enjoyed those because they're usually adding new scenarios, new options, new new tiles, new events, and new, new feelings. On the flip side, as I played a lot of the Arkham Horror 2nd Edition, and I really did enjoy their expansions as they came out, the more and more I played that game, the more and more I felt I just wanted to play the original game. Mm. Because it started added too much to the decks. The The Mythos deck quadrupled by the end of the expansions. Um, all the item decks. So like a lot of things, like the random probability of something in the deck. Oh, I really love I really love the shotgun and there's only so many copies of it. And then you start adding all the expansions into it. You never, almost never see that shotgun anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's there's pros and cons to those. I think overall, if you started playing with everything, it bulked up, bulked up the game so much that maybe you'll see it, maybe you won't. It, it never really shown that these expansions existed in that game anymore, unless you got that one random card that featured something about it. They did do a clever expansion of expansions with the, the final one. So they added the sideboards, they added the different neighborhoods that you got these small decks for and the other expansions never really added to those they only added to the core game so that you can buy the core game plus any other expansion and you'll be able to use it all the mysitonic university the very final expansion for the game added cards for all the other expansions that already existed oh so okay so uh dunwich horror never got expanded and then you added the mysitonic one which added all the cards for that, or Inn's Mouth, or Kingsport, or the, any of the other card-based mm. ones. So it was a neat expansion, but again, did the bad thing of bulking up with more cards. Yay. That was... And also, sorting that out is uh, fun. I, I, f- fun is the word we're looking for, right? Sorting when they start throwing in more cards. And you know, that's kind of like Harry Potter with me. Yeah. Because once you get to game seven, you have all the cards open. I don't want to keep putting them back in the box. Yeah. And it's just a nightmare. It is. Now, um, the one expansion I will say, or expansions, I will say that muddy up what was already a great game. I'm not a big fan of the Seven Wonders expansions. Hmm. Now, rumor has it that the initial design was like this big, grandiose, heavyweight game. And then to piecemeal it out over time, they broke up the different components into like, here's a very simple base version of the game, and then we're going to add all these expansions to make this complex, crazy thing. The game balance feels off as you started adding these expansions. Uh, the one I, I particularly don't dislike the most is uh, the the most recent one that came out, Babel. Mm-hmm. Because you have this 
the Tower of Babel board, and then you had Great Wonders that uh, were like community working. It just it didn't feel it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like the spirit of the game of this drafting. I'm working on my thing. You're working on your thing. We're just kind of like hate drafting cards around of the table, trying to do the best thing that we got with the hand that was passed to us. Um, now I'll hold reservation on Armada, the new expansion that's came in up, coming out, because I saw it in action at Gen Con and the, at the open house. So maybe I'll I'll bust that out again once that expansion hits and see how that goes. But normally when I bust out Seven Wonders now, it's it's core game only. Maybe maybe cities, mm-hmm. but it, it's just how I feel about it. That's kind of my my take on expansions. If it if it breaks the balance of the game, or if it like like you said seven uh, with uh, boss monster, where it just it feels like it was forced in. I feel like the design was missed somewhere. Mm-hmm. You probably screwed up an already great game by trying to force something into it. Or when you're adding the fi- uh, the, the extra players, all you're doing is adding extra time. Mm-hmm. There's a large. Um, I, I was looking up as we were doing research on this uh, episode. There is a very strong feeling one way and the other about Catan and the five to six player expansion. There's a lot of negativity out there for the five to six player expansion because it takes Catan, which is a nice trading game, and then adds like break, breaks out to three or more hours because you added a fifth and sixth player without really adding anything else other than the ability to play up to five to six players. Straight anarchy. It's just a tediousness, mm-hmm. I think, is really what the argument points was. And uh, I can kind of agree. Um, as much as I usually have like five to six players at a table or in, in a group that want to play a game, and finding a game that can support that number of players can be rough, there's something sweet about that four-player spot. There's so many games out there for four players that... I'm okay with. Mm. Any final thoughts on expansions? One done right. I really do appreciate them. Don't blame uh, these content creators for trying to put out more for a lot of these beloved games. Uh, One done right. They're fantastic. Unfortunately, like I've said already, I'm a completionist, so they're coming home with me already. I have the five to six expansion or six player expansion for Sellers of Catan. If you want to know how many times I've played it, zero. I wanted to have it in case it was ever needed, but it's something that I already know. If I'm trying to have a good night with my friends, I don't want to spend five to six hours at a table. Playing Catan. Playing Catan. Because it's going to bring back like flashbacks of Monopoly growing up, of just frustration at the end. But yeah, um, definitely... There are a lot of, and especially sitting here with all your games here, there are a lot of games that I could see where the expansions kind of play out. When you look at, like, Star Wars Imperial Assault, they add more to it. Anything that adds to the story, I'm very much for, especially if it's done well. Mm -hmm. But bulking up for the sake of bulking up and selling an expansion is rough. Exactly, exactly. All right, well, that wraps it up for our main topic. The other thing I guess I will say is upcoming... Is Arkham Knights 2018. Uh, I'll be going up to Roseville, Minnesota, to once again possibly defend the world, uh, the national championship of Arkham Horror, if they have the league, and uh, having a good time up there. Probably playing Arkham Horror Third Edition until um, they kick me out of the Fantasy Flight Center. 
Um, hopefully I'll be able to come home with one, a copy of it, because I really, really just want to keep playing that game, uh, even though it doesn't exist officially yet. And uh, also see the showcase of the other things, mm-hmm. seeing the, uh, the the follow-up scenario for the, um, the uh, Knight's Usurper, mm-hmm. which is uh, the sequel to the Gen Con scenario that we played in August, and seeing how horrible our Gen Con outing will translate into the new scenario, which will probably also translate into a terrible outing for people who are there. So that's going to be fun. Excited about Arkham Knights. Mm-hmm. Going to go have a lot of fun up there. And then I'll come back and then we can talk about it. So and I'm looking I, forward to that. I'm looking forward to giving you my wish list and having you hunt down everything that I need from Fantasy Flight. I'm not made of money. I'll send you with money. Okay, that's um, fine. But other than that, um, I'm not going to be on the first Legacy special episode. Um, you started season two without me, but I'm sorry. No, I, you know I don't blame you. When when I get a new toy, I want to play with it right away too. And right. I know you and the boys were very excited to crack that bad boy open. I should, in theory, be on the episodes after that, right. as long as timing works out. Um, but you all will be looking forward to listening to Justin, hopefully me, and a few other people um, playing through uh, Legacy Season 2. Correct. We'll definitely make sure, if you don't want any spoilers, we will label the episodes so you don't just go into a blind and all of a sudden hear everything that's happening throughout the game. Oh, I'm not really editing anything major out of those. The plan is that they are spoiler heavy, and if you do not want to know what Season 2 is about, I would advise not to listen to the episode until either A, you've played it yourself, or B, don't care about the spoilers. Or C, you finally have gone on long enough and you just need to know the spoilers. Either way. Um, I just want to give that, you know, I want to record those, I want to kind of have that fun journey, and I'm going to release those as special episodes once we get uh, more of those kind of end going. And the big plan for those is, yeah, they're they're just recording us playing, really kind of an uncensored sort of feeling. We'll try to keep it as clean as possible, and hopefully not worry about the spoiler part of it, because I will definitely proclaim, attention, spoilers, spoilers, dear God, there's spoilers. Why are you still listening to this if you want to be, spo- oh, you're spoiled. Fair enough. So, I'm sorry. If uh, you don't listen to the spoiler warnings, but I, I definitely want to make sure that uh, if you've already experienced it, you hear our journey through this uh, pandemic season two. It's already been fun, and we're only in January. So until next time, this is Justin. And this is Ricky. And they see us rolling. They hating. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum, hosted by Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, and featuring the original music by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening.